Welcome to the Williamston Theatre Backstage Chat Podcast. The Williamston Theatre is Mid-Michigan's professional regional theatre, and our Backstage Chat Podcast is a way for you to dive deeper behind the scenes and get to know some of the artists at work. So come on, let's go backstage. I'm Emily Sutton-Smith, co-founder and executive director of the Williamston Theatre. In this episode, I get to chat with scenic designer Jennifer Mazeloff. Jennifer graduated with a BFA from the College for Creative Studies in Detroit, Michigan, and was the first American to graduate with an MFA in scenic and costume design from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London, England. Her award-winning set designs and artwork have been enjoyed in London, New York, and Michigan. Jen Mazeloff, thank you so much for joining us today on the Williamson Theatre Backstage Chat Podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we are very excited to uh, learn all about you. Our audiences will have seen your work on our stage uh, for the set design of Nine Parts of Desire and the Magnolia Ballet Part One, which were gorgeous oh, sets you. and also award-winning sets. Thank you. <laughs> um, and they can look forward to your set coming up later this season uh, for Bright Half-Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're originally too. from Detroit. Uh, mm-hmm. You studied in New York and in London. You got your graduate degree in theater design from the Royal Academy for Dramatic Arts in mm-hmm. London. You've worked pretty much at every single theater in Michigan. Um, But yes, (laughs) for quite some time. But you started, as you state on your website, just with painting and drawing. So you're you were born an artist. And um, what's your background? What's your origin story? Um, my origin story. Uh, well, uh, basically, my grandfather is like the the one who has shown me the the world of arts and architecture. And as a kid, he would I would go to his buildings with him every Sunday. Uh, he would bring bring over locks and bagels usually, and then we would go <laughs> to uh, his buildings in Detroit, in Troy, Southfield. And then um, his house was like a gallery, and I would always like see all these paintings and artwork and furniture and. Just he would take me to museums and galleries in, in Birmingham. It he just, was, was an architect, right, an architect. and a, and a real estate deliver, mm-hmm. developer. Uh-huh. Okay. So basically, I just like was surrounded by the arts and architecture, and I was always like just drawing stuff. I never really thought much of it, but like uh, basically in high school, my senior teacher and uh, um, put one of my, my drawings in the Scholastic Award of uh, uh, Scholastic Arts, mm-hmm. and I won Best of Show. And then through that, I got a scholarship from CCS. Okay. And then just went to art. I was like, okay, I'm going to art school then. So I went okay. to art school and I got a scholarship for that. And it was like, you know, I, I was, it was cool because I was closer to the buildings, closer to like buildings that I could paint and draw. And I just loved those worlds. Like you just basically kind of see the history, see like knowing where it came from and seeing how, you know, where it is now and just all of the, the relics, like you're a secondary witness basically. And I just love that idea of just, witnessing the architecture and then just kind of be inspired to do my own drawings, my own mm-hmm. paintings based on them. And so did you ever consider becoming an architect? I did, but I just loved painting. I just, I kind of, I, 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 I the structure seemed too structural for me, uh-huh. which funny enough, I'm doing that basically for designs for, for, for theater, but like, right. I just loved painting. I just, I didn't really kind of, I, I was not really great on computer. I just loved to paint. And okay. so 
just through that. Um, so the inspiration came from the architecture, but mm -hmm. it didn't inspire you to create more architecture. No. It inspired you to create worlds. Yeah. And that's yes. where theater design comes in. What was the thing that made you go, oh, I could do this as a job? There was two uh, times. Um, one was I, after I graduated from CCS, um, this guy, Mitch Cope, whose father worked for my grandfather, opened, began the gallery, Tangent Gallery. He's the one who started it. Uh -huh. So I was um, a, an assistant to it. And next oh. door was a theater company. Oh. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. And just kind of, kind of opened my mind to like, you know, creating worlds okay. because with theater. And then I saw the play, The Musical of Wicked. Oh, yeah. And it was just that, like, was like that. Just, I wanted to kind of create. I, wa I wanted to, ha I had this, like, you know, the, <gasps> I wanted to have that moment for the audience to have with my mm -hmm. paintings, my worlds. I wanted mm -hmm. to recreate that because okay. I just loved, I was just blown away by what I saw in that production. And I, it just kept more magical things kept happening, and I just wanted to. I just wanted to recreate that because I wanted to experience that, and people to experience what I'm what I create with that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's just basically how I I started with theater, and uh -huh. um, and then that I was just, during art school. That was right after art school, like right, like literally right, like you okay, know, right when I graduated. And did you had you thought of going to graduate school for? Art mm -hmm. or I was thinking about it, but I knew that okay. like I had it takes a few years before they accept you, so okay. I had to like, kind of find out my my voice in, in art. Okay, and then um, and you were doing paintings at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, paintings, and then working with uh, Tangent Gallery, and just kind of I would travel out to my family in New York or Chicago, and just kind of see museums and just kind of find my voice basically. Uh -huh. And then um, mm -hmm. a friend of mine from London, uh, from art school, moved to London, and I visited her. And I just loved the theaters there. Like, it mm. just was so contemporary, so, like, spaces, everything was just, you would, you would be underground in, like, the Tower of London, like, the uh, station. It's a theater right there. Yeah. You just had random spots and just how they went out, you know, creating that, those worlds. I just loved their thought process, and mm -hmm. I wanted to learn there. Uh -huh. So I looked at theater schools there. I looked at Motley. I looked at Lambda and RADA. And uh, RADA wanted me to come interview for, the, for a spot. It's on a Thursday. Except on a Friday. Oh, so nice. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm, I'm moving to London now. Okay, that, that, that works. <laughs> How long was that um, program? It was two years. Oh, great. Yeah. It was so a, you got to live in London for two years. Right next, right in Bloomsbury, right by the nice. by the British Museum. Oh. Right by, yeah, it was it Imagine was a, having a that in your backyard. That would be lovely. A great experience to kind of just walk around in a new environment, and it was a just new, beautiful. A new but old environment, because London exactly. is so full of history. Yeah. Talk about architecture. Um, oh. You know, thousands of years of architecture and mm. styles and evolution castles, castles. <laughs> yes. yeah um, I can imagine that would be great inspiration yeah did you come right back here after college after uh, grad school so after grad school I was gonna live there but longer with my father was ill so oh, I decided yeah. to come to the States again and I moved to New York okay and I had um, I, I got two dream jobs that I was offered but then my dad got sicker, so I had to move oh. back. But I, I did, I did work for a couple of months. I worked with the Pittsburgh <laughs> Theater Company. I worked with them, and the show that I worked on won a, got nominated for a, a, a drama dress award. Oh, nice! So my design, but I was, I was like kind of a ghost designer for that. Oh, but, neat. <laughs> but, I, but, um, but yeah, I just it was. I got to like, I would hang out at the, the bookshop, and I would just see a bunch of plays, and just constantly just talk to different different designers. I, I met uh -huh. with like Beowulf for it, um, Derek McLean. Uh, Scott Pask, um, it's a bunch of designers who all love my work. They're all so awesome. They're just, they were so 
positive and giving me advice and uh my mom calls saying you know you have to come home yeah so I moved here, which yeah. was fine. I, I would not change it for the world. Well, Michigan has a very rich uh, theater community. There are Absolutely. lots of theaters, and you've worked at pretty much all of them. Yeah, and it's been wonderful. Everybody here has been just awesome, and I've I've just been so inspired every time I work on a different show. And, yeah. And it's so much fun. So when you, let's say, Tony calls you up and says, here's a script. Are you available? Do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do? I break it down the play. I basically just kind of break it down and the sections of like what's going on, like different scenes or who's coming into the scene. Just kind of get an idea of like uh, space mm-hmm. and like kind of like different angles. And then I storyboard. Oh. And I also um, like I usually sometimes some music that's kind of related to the play. And I do like to get my palettes, to get my color palettes. I would just you know just do abstract little watercolors and stuff, mm-hmm. just to kind of get the ideas there. And I might find some pictures inside the watercolor palette, the drawings that are kind uh-huh. of abstract, get like kind of like ideas. And I research like crazy. I love researching. Oh, and neat. So I just basically research the world and I sometimes like see something or a pattern or a, a building or something just kind of like that kind of starts an idea. And then just from there, uh-huh. I get the sets and our pictures of just like a painting that like a painting from that, that time that kind of inspires me to kind of create that that world right and now with nine parts of desire Mm -hmm. you're working with a projectionist as well Mm -hmm. and what's that process like designing a set when projection is part of the toolkit that's a collaborative part it's very cool it's it made the set go further it just pushed it more Mm -hmm. I, i created this like kind of like window in the background and she just created the worlds just she showed all of all of Iraq. She showed more parts that like I could never do. Mm-hmm. I could paint it, but it just it would just you would then be it would movable. be static, right? Exactly, right, but right. She, but she added more depth to that, and I love like it's just I love projection designs. It's just you have movement, you have you can do anything else with that. that yeah, that just adds more and pushes more in, in the set. Right, but you know, in front of that projection design for Nine Parts of Desire was basically a river because mm-hmm. that's part of. The story, the Mm -hmm. river is such a a life force in the story of the play and in the world. Um, And so we did have... That was fun. (laughs) That was fun. I'm sure Aaron Delnay, our technical director, would not qualify it as fun. Um, It was an experience. (laughs) It was an experience. We learned a lot. (laughs) We did. Um, Did you work with him on, on figuring out how to execute that or did you just say here make a river i was just <laughs> very just... positive and helping you know, supportive and <laughs> it, it i it was beyond me understanding like he, he knew like he, he he was like problem solving and i just was painting while watching and just like it, it was all him he he was he was brilliant <laughs> and i i just <laughs> thank you aaron <laughs> it, it worked, worked out perfectly we it, didn't have too many leaks we had uh-huh. i think there was one leak halfway through the run that we had to drain it and um and do reinforcing and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a heavy set because it was a lot of concrete and yeah. things like that to to make that river work. It looked amazing. Like he made it look so real. Yeah, and the way it, the water flew up. It moved, moved through down through yeah. the river bank that he built, mm-hmm. and there are photos of that on our website on the show page uh, for listeners who may be interested. Um, for Magnolia Ballet, totally different world. Mm-hmm. We're talking. A, a shift in, in country, in climate, um, set in the South, 
and set in many different places, again, like Nine Parts of Desire. When you're given a script like that and you know you have to work in a limited space like ours where we don't have fly space, we don't have wing space, uh, we have a very small stage, how do you approach, given all those limitations, creating a world with multiple locations? Um, I love the challenge. So like mm-hmm. it's constant, constantly just like researching and then I wanted movements. I wanted to show the process of how things had changed. That I wanted uh-huh. to show the cycle of the, the father and son. I wanted to show the houses, like the connection between all characters. And I wanted movement. And like I wanted to... Um, I just kept picturing the skeleton of a house. Like that was one of the, the like whenever I drive here, I see these like sometimes I see a barn with like a skeleton of a house. Yeah, I love the idea. And I and I saw when I was researching a bunch of houses that were just kind of like from the past, just falling apart. And yeah. I just wanted to kind of show the skeleton of the family. Just and I thought that like having things being peeled away, and at the end, the core, you have what's what's really there. And then the dock, just the constant cycle of of life from all the generations that were, you know, they were part of that family, both families. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to keep showing movements. And I just felt like the, the dock, the circular dock, and just like the set kind of peeling away, uh-huh. just all the things, just and just everything's out in front of you. Right. I just thought that was a great way to kind of just show. Providing our... playing spaces yeah. for all of the different um, the scenes and the, and the different times, because mm-hmm. it went back and forth in time. And we... lighting was also amazing. Like the light. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it gave it that feel of sort of that swampiness mm-hmm. and um, that the that the water in that case was more slow moving and more stagnant in mm-hmm. some ways, which was reflective of the relationships and the evolution of those families mm-hmm. um, and what they were having to struggle with to break through some of that generational trauma that uh, they were experiencing so we've got you on the uh, books for bright half life coming up mm-hmm. um by tanya barfield beautiful play mm-hmm. challenging yeah because that's... it's time travel mm-hmm. in a you know it does it's not a linear plot it mm-hmm. is um it goes back and forth in time and it revisits moments multiple times throughout the play mm-hmm. Um, is there anything about that particular script that daunts you? I'm working on it right now. So mm-hmm. right now I'm, I'm, it's kind of yes, but I, <laughs> but I, it's like a challenge. It's constantly, I, I like, I, I love things that I'm not, like I'm, it's foreign to me. Like the, just the, like using time travel, using the, just the, the times that shift back and forth and mm-hmm. I'm, it, I'm having a fun time. I'm oh, just, cool. yes, I'm excited to. Get, like, right now I'm in the model box. I'm just kind of playing with different things. Okay. I, I usually also I, I make models. So it helps me kind of create the space and also helps with, you know, eventually when you finish the design, give it to, like, the line designer and director and mm-hmm. the actress can kind of see, yeah. you know, what... It helps with planning a great deal. Absolutely. Um, I know that directors often use those models to really visualize what pictures they want to paint mm-hmm. uh, before they even get into rehearsal. So those yeah. things are really, really helpful. Um, do you have a favorite project? There is so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like picking your favorite baby, right? It is. It's like, because uh, I love Magnolia. I love Nine Parts. I loved, um, I, I did a few shows at Tipping Point. Um, Mrs. Species was one of my first plays, and I painted a 16-foot 
tall, 20 foot long mural of oh, wow. just, just of Michigan wetlands. Yes. Oh, okay. Kind of like that. So like I, I painted a whole mural of that and that was fun. Um, like every theater I've had to just, there's, there's so many shows I, I've loved working on. They're all my favorites. I like performance that granted, uh, who's favorite Virginia Woolf. That was an awesome set. Yeah. That was a beautiful set and very realistic, very different than some of the things that you've worked on for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, static one room, mm-hmm. uh, old stately mm-hmm. wallpaper that I painted like there's like three rooms I did wallpaper for. Oh wow! And I painted the paintings and I painted the floor. I, that's why my sets I usually paint everything. So I like right. I like like it's a whole it's a whole canvas to me. But yeah, the floor, the tiles, the wood flooring, the wallpaper, everything was painted. Yeah. And I just love the texture of that that created. Yeah. I think scenic <laughs> painting is one of those remarkable skills because um, I'm always just delighted when I w- walk onto a set that I'm working on, and the scenic painter has done with paint uh, the kind of texturing on the walls that shows 30 years of a family walking into the kitchen and turning on the light switch Mm -hmm. the same way every time you know and and the wear and tear and things Mm -hmm. it it gives it that authenticity that I think is really um, it makes it come alive it's not just a wall with a light switch on it it's a wall with a light switch that has history Mm -hmm. and the scenic painting often is what accomplishes that i think that's remarkable that's what also kind of made you want to kind of showed me like i I used to to build buildings in detroit Mm. and at ccs with my teacher we would go the train station or and i just loved just the wear and tear of those rooms just like that's why i painted i usually would paint those spaces and like i would recreate them in my in in the sets like that Uh uh-huh the wear and tear, there's just the living. You want to show the living, and, and it's just the texture and like just the little things that you see. It just I it love... gives the environment. It provides exactly. the space for the life of the play yeah. to happen. It, you know, it needs to be there to be authentic. So I noticed on your website you have so much artwork uh, that you've done on your website in evidence that the paintings um, that you've done. Where do you show those? So I show them, I've shown them at the uh, Tipping Point, I've shown them at Performance Network, I've shown them at uh, Tangent Gallery, I've, to- I've shown them um, in buildings in Detroit. I've shown, like, I've, I've, I've done a lot of little gallery, little shows and stuff. And mm-hmm. I also just, I show them my website and people tend to call and ask to buy them or ask for commission. And mm-hmm. I love doing that. Have you ever gotten a script where you've said, oh, I wish I hadn't accepted this job? <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> no names, no names. Oh, no, no, no. Well, there's always, like, everything's, there's always a challenge, but, like, it, it always works out. Like, you just, it, like, designs and ideas usually come, always come to me. It mm-hmm. just takes longer sometimes. There's a lot of hard ones, but it's always worth it because those ideas, I know that they're always there. I would imagine that a lot of times, if you are stuck, starting into production meetings and mm-hmm. hearing the ideas of the rest of the creative team absolutely. can often release some of that stuckness. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it helps, and then they inspire you. So the ideas that you've never thought of, and yeah. it comes together. Because yeah. you're not doing it, you're not by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, that's the beauty of theater, is that it's such a collaborative process, mm-hmm. and um, we all work together mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and um, your website, jenmazeloff.com, is where people can discover more about all of your amazing paintings and see a full list of all of the places where you've worked. 
And <laughs> they can look forward to seeing your work on our stage in Bright Half Life by Tanya Garfield. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having me. <laughs> Williamston Theatre audiences have seen Jennifer's work on our stage in Nine Parts of Desire by Heather Raffo and The Magnolia Ballet Part One by Terry Guest. She'll be designing the set for our upcoming production of Bright Half-Life by, Don- by Tanya Barfield in April 2024. You can see photos of more of her scenic designs and her amazing artwork on her website at jennifermazeloff.com. To watch a drone video of Jennifer painting an autumn landscape, visit theirishmanco.com. Coming up on stage at the Williamston Theatre is the romantic comedy Maytag Virgin by Audrey Cephaly, running from February 1st through March 10th, 2024. For more information on the entire 2023-2024 season of productions, check out our website at williamstontheatre.org. See you soon at the Williamston Theatre.